And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. What I'm saying to you this morning, my friend, even if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, go on out and sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the reel. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And when you do this, when you do this, you've mastered the length of life. This onward push to the end of self-fulfillment. Welcome to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And uh, we introduced a program today here on The Really Real Deal uh, with a little bit of uh, one of my favorite speeches from the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the famous uh, street sweeper uh, speech. And uh, there's so so much. I mean, this is a man who uh, whose life was short in the length of years, uh, 39 years old when he was killed by an assassin's bullet uh, 51 years ago today, uh, April 4th, 1968. And, uh, you know, we just, we want to take a little time out in today's program to honor this great Christian brother uh, and and to just share a little of uh, some of the things that he uh, was used by God to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, the entire King family, what a Really, what a powerful uh, family. And, uh, in our second hour, uh, we're going to be blessed uh, by another appearance uh, with evangelist uh, Alveda C. King, who is uh, the niece of uh, the late uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And uh, we've been blessed to uh, have uh, Mrs. King, uh, Dr. King, to have her as a uh, guest. I think probably this might be maybe the 10th time in, in 10 years uh, she's been a a guest here many, many times, and I uh, was blessed uh, with her presence this morning, and as well as yesterday, uh, we had an event, uh, two events yesterday, and I shared this with you all uh, yesterday, the March for Life, uh, and then immediately following that, uh, we had an event uh, over at the uh, Civil Rights Memorial uh, over there behind uh, Capitol Square, right in uh, Ralph Northam's front yard, and uh of course, you know, uh, Dr. King, she is a big pro-life advocate, uh, as was uh, Reverend uh, Martin Luther King. So we we had that. And then this morning there was a pastor's 
uh, breakfast and a roundtable discussion, and it was quite interesting, quite interesting. I was really, really heartened to see uh, the the level of boldness that seems to be perking up, you know, and you who are longtime listeners uh, to this program, you all know for probably the entire, not probably, actually the entire, <laughs> the entire 10 years uh, that I've been a radio broadcaster, I've been taking preachers to task and, uh, and in particular, uh, black preachers I've been taken to task. Uh, there's so many uh problems uh, in the entire world, in the entire nation, in many, many cities. But it seems uh, the, 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 prob- the depth of the problems uh, have really beset a certain segment of the black community. And I say it that way because it's not the entire black community any more than, you know, you, there, there are certain problems you go out to, um, Appalachia, where folks just recently, you know, just in the last uh, 20 years, a lot of folks out there just started to have running water. Okay, or you go down into the Mississippi Bayou or the low country down in Louisiana. There there are places uh, in this nation, just like places in the world uh, where you can go of any uh, racial group, white, Hispanic, black. You can go to Africa. You can go anywhere on the planet and you're going to find people that are poor and that have multiple generations in poverty. And in such uh, places uh, where, and, and in particularly where there is a spiritual poverty coinciding with the physical poverty, which is what you would have in a, in a modern society, you know, and you know, back when, you know, the entire world was coming up out of poverty, you, you, you could be, physically poor and you would not necessarily be spiritually poor. But as a society moves forward and wealth spreads and folks are able to move into a mainstream occupations, get educated and do things like that and, and, and sort of become normalized and participate in the growing wealth of a given society, you know, typically those that remain in physical poverty they do so because there is also a spiritual poverty and we cannot ignore the spiritual component to all of this. And so that's why I, I, I phrase it that way because, you know, all black folks are not poor. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the many, many are, you know, and just like in any other uh, culture, there are many that climb up out of physical poverty and, and remain in spiritual poverty. Some people, you know, they hunger, uh, for things that are physical of the flesh and sometimes, you know, get a, a, a degree of success in that direction, but ignore the spiritual and that that spiritual, that is a hunger that the world cannot feed. Only our heavenly father can satisfy that. As Jesus said to the woman at the well, I have water that I can give you where you will never thirst again. OK, the world does not have that. Only our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ has that type of uh, sustenance that can be given to us. Okay. So, but anyway, you know, just some, some thoughts and uh, I just, you know, I don't know if any of the, yeah, I don't know if any of the participants are are listening, but I just want to say kudos uh, to you all. It was wonderful uh, sharing with you yesterday and and this morning. And uh, we're going to welcome Joe uh, to our program calling in from Williamsburg. Hey, Brother Craig. Uh, hey. God's blessings on you. Thank you. Uh, 
I go back and I take a look at the scriptures in the very beginning when we fell in Eden. God told man that he had to plow the ground to bring forth bread until he returned from the dust that God drew him. That wasn't a suggestion. That was part of the punishment, okay? But in the same drawn breath, this loving and uh, this God that we can't even begin to comprehend the love that he has for us, in that punishment was also redemption Mm -hmm. and a chance to serve each other, a chance to take on another part of him and be like him Mm -hmm. in serving so yeah. every time you talk about universal basic income, every time you talk about uh, embedded poverty where people believe and, and people say that, oh, let's give them welfare and everything like that, you are stealing from them the opportunity yes. to plow the ground, to pour out the, the sweat of iniquity, to, to sweat, literally, physically sweat iniquity out of us. Trust in God. That yes. It's like a piece of free government cheese in a great, great big giant rat trap. Exactly. And people, they don't see it as a trap. And if you try to tell them, hey, that's a trap, they accuse you of wanting to take cheese out of the mouths of, of mice. <laughs> well, they, they would say food out of the mouths of children, but you and I, we're on the same page. Amen, brother. And that's all. Uh, it's, again, every time that we hear government say sit down, and again, this does not cover the people who are incapable. Part exactly. And and we of- are, and, and another thing, I'm glad you brought that part up because, charity when you when you the government has taken over the role of the church and when we give it blesses the giver and the recipient and so but when the government takes it from us by force and it, and we can't have an act of charity which is how god reaches our heart then the recipient gets the physical sustenance but that bond between uh, giver and recipient, that bond does not occur, uh, whereas, say, if it was a church doing that, they could not only meet the physical need, but they could perhaps show that person how to no longer be in need, how to do, as you said, plow the ground and fulfill what God wanted man to do. But uh, look, we, we're right up against the break, brother. I really appreciate your call, Joe. Okay, God bless you. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take our first break of the day. And when we come back, we are going to have our first guest, Kate Miller, uh, to share with you Noah, the movie put on by the Sight and Sound Theater of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army, military groups like Special Operations, Wounded Warriors, Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance, and there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. 
Thank you, Virginia. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, as promised, folks, we have Kate Miller uh, joining us now uh, with the Sight and Sound Theater of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, here to share with you all the uh, movie version of their recent play, Noah, that's uh, coming up this month. Uh, How are you, Kate? I am great. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you for blessing us with your presence. And uh, I tell you, my sweet, wonderful wife and I, along with uh, our dad, uh, he he was visiting us from California. And uh, we had an opportunity to come out to Lancaster this past Christmas to see the play Jesus. And it was my first time coming. And I'm telling you, the next play you have, we are coming back. (laughs) I mean, Whoo, what a what an experience. Uh oh, wow. thank you so much. I'm glad you were able to visit us. That's awesome. Yeah, I had been hearing about this place and I'm telling you all the wonderful things people have said about it do not do it justice. I mean, and look, no one told me when I hit the door that the smell of roasted <laughs> almonds was going to lift me up and float me over and I was going to and they was going to reach into my pocket and pull money out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listen, it is a part of the experience. Oh. And, uh, I've been around them my whole life, and I still uh, probably buy them way more often than I should. Oh, <laughs> they I, are I'm delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I I never knew almonds could be so good. I mean, <laughs> wow. But uh, so now I guess, folks, now when you go to the movie, they just have popcorn. So you're going to have to go to a store, find you some almonds, <laughs> take them home and roast them with. Uh, I don't know what that is. They put on them cinnamon and, you know, there's they're not like it's not like sugar, but it's it's a sweet spice and it's delicious yeah. and it makes them warm and kind of soft, not hard like you typically find almonds. Right. Yeah. Well, if you can't find them, then you'll have to just go see Noah in the movie theaters and then come see us in person. That's yeah, there answer. you go. There <laughs> you go. Yeah. So now this, uh, I watched the trailer and I, and I apologize that, you know, my wife and I didn't get to see the actual movie. You all sent it to us. But, you know, my sweet wife kept telling me, you know, we need to watch this trailer, this tra- this movie, not the trailer. I saw the trailer, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I just didn't get to get around to watching it. And so you, you're going to have to share with the audience what it is they, they're, they're, they, well, we won't say what it is they're missing. Share with them what they will be in store for when they go to the movie theater, April 9, 11, and 13. Yeah, well, Noah is such an extraordinary story. Um, you know, you can't, we couldn't make this stuff up if we wanted to. Yes. You know? I mean, it's, it's, there's animals two by two. You have the ark. Um, But, you know, more than that, I think one of my most favorite things that we get to do is to take uh, these Bible characters that I think we are so quick to kind of put on a pedestal and say, you know, it was Noah. He heard from God. He built an ark. How hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Until you really start to realize that he was a person just like us. And he had hopes and dreams for his future. He 
uh, had loss and tragedy and adversity within his own community. Um, you know, he had dealt with a lot of self-doubt. And so the opportunity that we have to kind of connect with him as a person and recognize the kind of faith he had to have to take the step to start building an ark when it had never rained before, you know, like they, people thought he was crazy and it took him, you know, decades to actually build and complete this ark. And so he needed to have such unwavering faith in God, even when he didn't know what the circumstances were going to be. Um, and I think for all of us, it's just such an inspirational story of hope, of the faithfulness of God's promises. And it's one I think we all can relate to more than we might think before experiencing it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and now how was the um, play received? It was because, I mean, they have live, the sets are huge and the animals yeah. are live. I mean, it, there's no CGI. So the movie is like <laughs> you you literally filmed the play. Yes. Yes. And Noah holds a very special place in our hearts. We are in our 43rd year of history at Sight and Sound. But for the first 20 years or so, we were doing review style shows. They always had a ministry focus. But Noah in the mid 90s was actually the very first full length biblical epic, huge scale show that we did. And it became just, um, you know, our signature show. It became the show that kind of, for us, was a moment of realizing the calling that God had for Sight and Sound to say Bible stories, like Mm -hmm. that's your thing. And we've never looked back. We've been doing Bible stories ever since. So since Noah first premiered on stage in the 90s, we ha- uh, it has been experienced live in our two locations by more than 5 million people. Ooh, and so 5 million us- people. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was reading a little bit about how this used to be a dairy farm 40 years ago. Yes. And yes. that that and that how millions of people, you know, I mean, one and a half million per year. And if it was any judge by the length of the line when we went there, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, well, thank you. It's just, yeah, it's such an honor to be presenting these Bible stories. And now, you know, we know not everyone can come to Lancaster and Branson as much as we'd love to welcome everybody to our locations. Mm. We know that that's just not always possible. So it feels so special to be taking Noah now into movie theaters nationwide mm-hmm. so that people can have a sight and sound experience in their own backyards. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? I just pulled it up where it's located in Richmond. And one of the theaters in Richmond is the Cine Bistro. So where you can sit down and you can eat dinner while you watch the movie, they had oh, better great. have roasted almonds on the menu <laughs> that night. <laughs> Those three Double nights. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, yeah. So now uh, there's also a DVD, or is the DVD going to be released after the movie? It's going to be released after the movie, so we don't quite have a solidified date yet, but hopefully in a couple of weeks. Um, it'll be available both on DVD and for digital download on Amazon and iTunes and uh, several pro- platforms. So stay tuned um, on our website, on Facebook. Follow us there. You can get all that information as it comes out. Okay, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing this with our audience. And uh, and just for the local audience's uh, information here, the Center Bistro is at Stony Point, the Regal Senator is uh, Jeb Stewart Parkway in Glen Allen, and the Regal Westchester is in Midlothian. Uh, so, uh, oh, and the Regal Stadium uh, in Midlothian also. And also it's playing in Fredericksburg uh, at the Regal Fredericksburg. So it, they, you you guys got the area pretty much covered. So 
Yeah, uh, I'm praying for a big showing for you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me today. It was great to speak with you, and I hope you come see us again soon. Oh, we certainly will. You can count on it. God bless you, and I pray for a wonderful uh, continuation of the holy season uh, for you and your family uh, as, as we count down to Easter. All right. Thank you. And the same to you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works I hand. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, and I am coming at you live here from the really real deal. And that was very delightful, and I pray that many of you would go out and uh, see the movie. Uh, So many wonderful movies. You know, Christian film has really come quite a long way. And, you know, one of the things I've been uh, pushing and sharing uh, for years is that, uh, you know, we we who are Christians and conservatives, uh, we need to take the culture back. You know, I was sharing with uh, one of my uh, Bible studies this morning, uh, you know, a group of guys, we, we get together every Thursday morning, and we have a wonderful time. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, I learned so much from these guys. <laughs> I mean, we have a few of them uh, that are real, real scholars, you know, and they, I, they, they put me to shame, I'm telling you. And, uh, and I just, I love being with these guys. And that, uh, you know, it reminds me of that Bible verse. Every time I walk in there, how good and pleasant it is when brothers get together. I, and I, I feel that way every single time. But we, we were talking about how the, um, the subject of, um, the movie being her, uh, you know, which was made back in the fifties. And how, you know, you had Ben Hur, you had the Ten Commandments, you had, you know, movies used to be patriotic and America was always the good guy in the movie. We were, we were never the bad guy. You know, the way Hollywood today, you know, it's like every, you know, you have, you know, some innocent goat herder in the Middle East and the mean old American goes over there and messes with him. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. But there was a time when, the institutions of this nation were run by decent people, not perfect people, decent people, people that believed in Christian faith, conservative values. They were conserving the idea that freedom is a gift from God, not, you know, trying to enshrine Republicanism, although nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm a Republican. I'm so Republican that half the Republicans don't like me. So, you know, I'm like super Republican. So, but, but still, that's not all. It's not always necessary to push that. You just push the principles. And this is what Hollywood did. OK, and they don't do that anymore. And in recent years, Christian film is really 
coming a long, long way. And uh, and so you look at you got the Gosnell movie out. You have Unplanned. You have so many uh, Christian films. As I was sharing with my friends uh, this morning, if not one of the uh, highest uh, profit movies, if not the I think it may be the highest profit movie was uh, Mel Gibson's film, The Passion of the Christ. And just, you know, and, and, and I think what happened was, and, and this was several years ago when that movie came out, the movie made so much money. Then I'm not making it about money because all money is is a way of keeping count. And if you're going to produce something, whether it's this radio program or a movie or a book or an article or, or this play, Noah, whatever it is that you do, if if people are not willing to just give uh, a few hours of their time and a few dollars to come and absorb uh, what it is you're sharing, then you, you, ne- you need to go back to the drawing board. Something's not right. And so it's not about the money. It's the fact that there is a thirst. There is a hunger. There is a need that needs to be filled. And we who call ourselves Christians, we have been given the Great Commission. And it is incumbent upon us to fulfill that mission. And so, uh, you know, going into these big areas, you know, why would why should we let the devil have the big silver screen and and all we have is, you know, our little safe space? You know, so it once was a time when we had all the institutions and that's when America was great. And one of the things I really, really is there's a lot I admire about President Trump, but that slogan, make America great again. When America becomes great again, there will be a resurgence of Christian faith and it will infuse every facet of American life. That's radio, that's TV, that's movies, that's music. You know, be no more uh, the booty shaking song being number one. The booty shaking song needs to be number 49 or 50. You know, a song about romance. I love you because, you know, you remind me of my mother. You know, sing that. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that didn't come out right, but you know what I mean. Anyway, folks, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. But it wouldn't be nothing. Nothing. Without a woman or a girl. Welcome back to the program, America, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And we would love to speak with some of you out there. The phone number here, if you would like to call 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. And I do want to reiterate, uh, hey, our very, very good friends uh, over at Garden Traditions. Uh, now, they're o- they're only open from 9 to 5, so you got about 15 minutes, okay? Now, if you're nearby, okay, if you're nearby, they are on Jeff Davis Highway, 
very, very close to the 288 interchange. As a matter of fact, from right from their yard, you can see the 288 interchange. They are that close. You see all those American flags lining uh, Jeff Davis Highway uh, right there. 10501 Jeff Davis Highway, if you, if you need the address to put into your GPS. 10501 Jeff Davis Highway. And uh, I'm telling you, folks, uh, they are the really real deal of tool sheds, uh, garden buildings, uh, playhouses for your children, gazebos. I mean, they have picnic tables, dog houses, swings. If you have an old, now this is something. If you have an old well in your yard that is no longer operational because, you know, maybe you've gotten on the municipal water and you've just ignored it, check it out. If it's all cracked up, you need to buy one of their attractive wells to cover it with, okay? Because there have been cases where kids have been playing on these things and they and they they will collapse, okay? So um and when I pulled in, I was just out there a couple of hours ago chatting with Carl and the gang and uh you know, one of the things I noticed that that they have this uh little wooden well beautifully painted. And uh, and I have an old well in my yard that is no longer in use. Okay, so uh, and that's what made me think about it. So I just thought I'd share that with you. They have little bridges if you have a wet spot in your yard and you need to walk out to the mailbox and you always have to jump over this little wet spot. Hey, they have a little already built uh, bridge and uh, they're very inexpensive but very well built. And uh, so swing on by there. Uh, tell them you heard about it. Uh, from the hatchet man. Okay. The phone number there. If you want to call and, uh, look, if you think it's too late to get there by five o'clock, give them a call right now. Okay. 743-9522. And, uh, with that, uh, it, look, there's another, um, well, I can't say it's an anniversary. It was a, a passing, uh, you know, our GI generation, uh, they're leaving us, uh, really, really, uh, quickly. Uh, this was a, uh, United States senator who was also a, uh, prisoner of war, Jeremiah Denton. And, uh, he was a senator from Alabama. And, uh, I don't know how I missed this, but he actually, uh, it was last week when he passed away. And, um, he was, uh, he was the POW who, when being forced to do an interview, he blinked through Morse code the word torture. Okay. And, you know, and it, and it just, and it galls me that today folks complain over nothing. And what really galls me more than that is not that weak, stupid, silly, greedy, self-centered people would complain over nothing because, you know, hello, that's not a surprise. What really galls me is that otherwise sensible and intelligent people would give them the time of day, would treat them as there's something serious. Okay. And here you have a man, Jeremiah Denton. And, you know, where was, where was all of the fanfare when, when this, when this man uh, passed away, where was the fanfare? Okay. The man did eight years as a prisoner of war in Vietnam and, and, and tortured to the point where he had to send a secret signal through Morse code to let people know what was happening to him. 
okay? And, you know, no, no, um, no animosity, no bitterness. You know, the man didn't say who could not come to his funeral. You know, and, and I'm making that is a direct uh, comment on, you know, his counterpart, McCain, who came back, you know, came back to fame, dumped his wife, married, uh, you know, the rich trophy wife and lived a political life of betrayal of the principles that he ran on. And then in his last days, gave a list not just President Trump, but gave a list of who could and who could not come to his funeral. But all the television stations covered that man's funeral. Why didn't why did not all the television stations cover this man's funeral? OK, he he went to the Naval Academy at Annapolis, you know, just like McCain did, although he did not finish fifth from the bottom. You know, he was shot down, too. He was a he was a prisoner of war, too. He was a senator, too, you know. And so I take a little time on this program to honor this man. And I just pray that you, you know, Google his name, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, that's an easy name to remember. Jeremiah Denton. OK, you just check him out. And uh, he he wrote a book and the book was made into a movie with Hal Holbrook. And the title of the book and the movie is when hell was in session. And uh, again, Jeremiah Denton. Okay, now we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we are going to have uh, our next guest. Uh, where is her name? Oh, she is the activist mommy. And Saturday, uh, we, we are going to have the day of mourning uh, her name is Elizabeth Johnston, and the day of mourning will be held at the uh, Richmond Convention Center, 1 o'clock Saturday. And so uh, Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy, is the organizer. She'll be our guest on the other side of the break. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. I was taking a trip on a plane the other day just to wishing that I could get out. And the man next to me saw the book in my hand and asked me what it was about. So I settled back in my seat, a bestseller, I said, a history and mystery in one. And then I opened up the book and began to read from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the was the Word, and the Word was with God. And he was born of a virgin one holy night in the little town of Bethlehem. Angels gathered round him underneath the stars singing praises to the great. Welcome back to the program, America, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here as we wrap up our first hour of today's program. We 
uh, having a little tef- technical difficulty getting uh, the activist mommy uh, on the line. And, uh, yeah, just let me know when you get that worked out, Henry. And uh, But anyway, the... Um, uh, Elizabeth Johnston, uh, she is the activist uh, mommy who's doing this. Uh, she and her doctor husband have 10 children. And uh, um, uh, between doing all of that, she has the time to be this big uh, blogger with millions of hits. OK, and uh, so uh, she and her husband uh, put this together with all of the attention uh, in our nation being focused on Virginia. Uh, because of this, uh, these wicked Democrats, uh, here. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the good doctor, uh, Governor Ralph Northam, the, uh, the good Lieutenant Governor, uh, you know, the, well, I won't go there, but you, you all know, uh, what Justin Fairfax, uh, has been accused of, of doing. And, uh, and of course, uh, Herring and, uh, you know, Herring's, uh, issues are, uh, extremely minor. In in my book, I don't I don't make a big issue over someone when he was 19 years old uh, dressed up like uh, a rapper. I don't care for rappers, but if he cares for rappers, you know, fine, that that's that's his business. And I, I don't see that as mockery. I see that as he just he admires that type of silly music and wanted to participate. But the thing that got the nation really, really, really upset and rightly so was Ralph Northam, who is a pediatrician, and we've had uh, events. We had uh, two events yesterday, of course. Uh, uh, I think uh, the news says there were 7,600 people there yesterday, and we're ready now, and we have uh, Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy, with us now. How are you? I'm blessed. How are you? I am blessed as well, better than I deserve, but I'm so happy about that. I'll take it. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now we all, yeah. Well, hello. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. All right. I'm. I'm getting like some. All right. This is it possible if you could hold on and we do this on the other side of the break because with the with the technical delay we're right up at the uh, top of the hour news and I I would really like to give you uh, proper time. This is a very Okay, we lost her again. Wow, we really having technical difficulty. Okay, Henry, you got five minutes to get it fixed, brother, while we go to news. All right, folks, we're going to take our top of the hour news break. And uh, and when we get back, you know, hopefully we will have uh, back with us the activist mommy. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, and I think we finally have our technical difficulties uh, all ironed out, and we now actually do have uh, our activist mommy, Elizabeth Johnston. Uh, how are you there, Elizabeth? We're going to try this again. <laughs> I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you very, very loud and clear. And uh, and look, I'm checking your website out, the Activist Mommy. I love the fist you have up there. I'm like, wow, that's my kind of lady there. <laughs> and uh, take no prisoners. And your book is here, Not On My Watch, uh, How to Win the Fight for Family, Faith, and Freedom. Yes, sir. Uh, this book is filled with inspirational stories of how ordinary everyday uh, moms and dads and grandparents can fight back against the radical left, the radical Marxists who are trying to transform our 
our culture and endanger our children and our mm-hmm. values. Uh, it, it has really been inspiring a lot of people. I've been getting feedback from uh, readers saying, you know, they're running for the school board. And they're taking their children out to the abortion clinics to pray mm. and to offer help to the men and women going in. That They're getting off of the sidelines and Bless on the front you. lines of the culture war after reading my book. So Bless we're really you. About that. that is what we need. I've been talking about it for years. Christians need to come out of the pews and come out of the prayer closet and even come out of the pulpit and get out into the public square. So bless you. Uh, you really doing it. And, uh, now tell us about the, um, the day of mourning, uh, real quick coming up this Saturday. Yes, sir. Uh, when Governor Ralph Northam made his outrageous comments supporting infanticide while passing laws, um, <laughs> making animal cruelty a felony, yeah. uh, we decided, we decided we would come to Richmond, Virginia. To mourn and repent over the sin of abortion. This Saturday, April 6th, we're asking, we're asking the entire nation to wear black, to fast and pray, and to repent for the sin of abortion. Because we know that uh, God has promised us, if my people who are called by my name mm-hmm. will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll, I'll heal, heal their land. Heal their land, yes. And yes, that, we and need people, healing desperately. Yeah, and people uh, cry out for the healing but don't want to do the put the work in. <laughs> That's right. They don't want to turn from their wicked ways. Yeah. And that is what we're doing this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have powerful speakers lined up at 1 o'clock at the Richmond Center. If your listeners go to dayofmourning.org, mourning is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mm-hmm. dayofmourning.org, they will see how they can get their free Eventbrite tickets so that they can have seats at the event. We are encouraging all of your listeners to come be a part of this powerful repentance and prayer movement. Yes, yes. And we just had 7,600 people just yesterday on the governor's front porch. I was one of them. So, you know. Incredible. Hope, yes. is on fire right yes, now. Yes, yes. We cannot yes. wait to see what God does this Saturday. Yeah, and I hope the guy never resigns. People are talking about he should resign. No, that joker needs to stay right there because he has the Christians fired up finally. <laughs> mm. Come on. Yeah, so bless you and uh we really appreciate you and you know and as you and I understand you have millions and millions of hits on social media so hopefully we can have you back again in the future uh as a repeat guest uh cuz I know you're going to have another project you and your husband and your 10 <laughs> children. I know you 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 all you, you know this won't be the end of you, okay? Well, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no shortage of evil to fight in this Amen. Amen. No shortage of evil to fight. Yes, ma'am. So God bless you and uh and I will probably see you Saturday. Wonderful. I hope to see you then. God all bless right. you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, all right, folks. Now what we're gonna do now, uh the break is about six minutes away. Uh but we're gonna play a little bit of uh one of the late uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, most famous speeches. We're going to give you a little six-minute clip of it, and that'll take us into break. And on the other side of the break, we will have Dr. King's niece uh, and a very dear friend, uh, Dr. Alveda C. King. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation.
five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation 
into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring and when it happens. When we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black and Gentiles. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live. And as promised, folks, we have our fantastic guest, a very dear friend of this program. And uh, Dr. King, uh, we're so honored. I think this is about the 10th time. We've been blessed by your presence here on The Really Real Deal. And thank you so much uh, for, for sharing with our audience. I'm so grateful to join you and your listeners and say hello to your family as well. Uh, it was great to see you and be working with you these last couple of days here in the Virginia, D.C. area. So yeah. God bless you. Yeah, thank you so much, and it was always an honor, and your words were, uh, as always, you were so inspiring, and uh, and you, you, you spoke about this life issue as uh, sacrificing children to Molech, as was done with the old Canaanite god, and, you know, and it seems that, you know, the more things change, the more they remain the same, and uh, Elijah had this battle to say, you know, are you going to serve God or are you going to serve Baal? And he tried to force people to actually choose, and it seems this is the mission today, and you, you're from a family that has always had that Elijah-like zeal to say, okay, America, choose. And do do you see, you know, we, you know, prior to you coming on, we just played uh, your late uncle, uh, Martin Luther King. We just played a portion of his uh, I Have a Dream speech. And opening the program an hour ago, we played a little bit of his Street Sweeper speech, one of my favorites. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I read that speech a few years ago as I was preparing to write about him. 
And it's when you read a speech, it's different from hearing it. And you see how the man's mind works. He was he was a genius. The the way he const- the way he constructed the language. Well, it's interesting that you would say that there's a difference between reading and hearing. And you know, even the scripture say, now faith comes by hearing, and then hearing by the word of God. So you have to hear it according to the word of God as well and to understand and to design the truth in it in that manner. So as as you were saying that, and I was sitting there thinking, as you were talking about Molech and little G's, and I was thinking about something. You met my goddaughter, Angela Stanton King. She yes. was there with us. Mm-hmm. And she today, and maybe even Twitter, saying about... Uh, now we're having a bad connection. Uh, are you there? Hello? We lost her. Oh, okay. Try try to get her back, please. Yeah, that um you know, unfortunate today seems to be a day where we're having I mean, you know, there there's a there's a demon out there that does not want this interview to, to go forward and I'm determined uh, we're going to have it uh we're going to have it to go forward. And uh, so you all, please, uh, I send my sincere apologies to the audience out there. Uh, we have her back. Okay, uh, Dr. King. Well, yes, ma'am. Isn't that interesting? So let me make this point, and then I'll finish that point. Satan has some titles, and I don't know about your audience, but if you don't believe this, there's a title, Prince of the Power of the Air mm-hmm. and God of this World. But those are just titles that are empty titles now because Jesus defeated them. So uh, those forces don't like for us to take over these airways, but they belong to us. Mm-hmm. So the point that I was actually making there, my goddaughter Angela Stanton King said to Governor Cuomo up in the, in New York, well, okay, now you want it to, uh, what, what you've done is say you're going to keep killing our babies and you want to legalize marijuana mm-hmm. to take to yeah. forget about what you're doing. And that's just like with the Molech worshipers. If you ever look at any of these movies mm-hmm. where there's demon sacrifice and all that, they're burning all this incense. Yeah. Releasing it all in the air while they're killing the virgins and killing the babies. Yeah. Throwing them in the pit. Yeah. Drug so use it. goes along well, with bailism and uh, pharmacaea. That's, you know, using uh, pharmaceuticals. To uh, control your mind, all of that they use all these things. Now, yeah. your 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 family is a great family. Now, your father, your your father, uh, Reverend A. D. King, your uncle, uh, Doctor Martin Luther King, your grandmother, even uh, the man that shot your grandmother as she played mm-hmm. the piano in church, said right. he hated God, and so yeah. there is yeah. this. There seems to be this attack, and your your father and your uncle they were called the sons of thunder, like right. like um, James and John. Jesus called them the sons of thunder in the Bible because they were carrying that word and carrying that gospel. Absolutely, yeah. So now, just share a little bit about just the the family legacy here in the in the final few minutes uh, that we have left as we. Uh, commemorate uh, 51 years ago this day uh, that, uh, you know, Satan 
chose a very evil person and bent that man to his will to take the life uh, of a young man, 39 years old, and a, who accomplished so much. Well, the legacy of the King family that gave to us by the will of God, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., you had a preacher, Daddy King, Martin Luther King, Sr., and you had his wife, whose daddy was a preacher, and whose granddaddy was a slave preacher. And so you had these two gospel families, this legacy come together to birth children that also birthed what was called a black Moses. That's what they call Martin Luther King Jr., a liberator uh, after God's uh, commands and order. And that includes now, just like civil rights when we dealt with skin color in the 20th century, and we're still dealing with that, but now the baby in the womb. Mm -hmm. So the baby in the womb is a human being, one blood, Acts 1726, just like no matter what color your skin is, you are a human being. That's right. And that is our legacy in the King family. So we have to say in Virginia, we have to say in New York, we have to say across America, Mm -hmm. human life is sacred to God. And we are going to do the will of God, and we're not going to be overtaken by demonic idol worship with the sin of abortion. Amen to that, sister. And uh, again, thank you so much. And it was so uh, good seeing you these last couple of days. And uh, it's been a while. And, uh, you know, maybe next time we'll see you, it'll be in Atlanta in your home. (laughs) That would be wonderful. Look forward to it. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. And you have safe travels back home. And have a very blessed Easter season coming up. Thank you, too. All right, now. God bless. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take another quick break as we go to our bottom of the hour news. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works I hand have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy path to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. Our final 30 minutes of today's program. We'd love to talk to you out there. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. And, uh, and I would like to remind you, you just heard the ad uh, there for perfectmantruth.com. I would ask you to go to that website, check them out. Uh, their goal is to put uh, big, huge signs up uh, all across the nation uh, and right in uh, central Virginia. They would love to put one up. Uh, and if you uh, think that that is something that you would like to see happen, uh, go to the website, 
perfectmantruth.com and uh, click on the donate button. And uh, when they get enough funds raised, uh, that those funds will be used for that purpose to put signs up uh, to explain to people the real truth of this uh, ideology that says it's okay to marry little girls. It's okay to lie. It's okay to kill. It's okay to rape and all this. Uh, you know, people have these things uh, written down in their holy books. Okay. And uh, for anyone out there that uh, has an issue with the ad, uh, perfectmantruth.com offers a reward of $10,000 to anyone that can prove one syllable is false. And so um, check it out, uh, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, go and actually check it out for yourself, okay? And uh, with that, again, I'd like to give the phone number out, 804-454-1366. And it was really great, um, you know, and I apologize, we've had some technical difficulties today, but we've had some great guests today. And, uh, and you know, the King family uh, here, as we observe uh, 51 years uh, since uh, Dr. King's assassination. Uh, you know, one of the things I learned uh, this morning uh, that people who, you know, people older than myself that actually lived through this time, you know, the way one of the uh, ministers explained it, that as children, uh, they were living through a time of a spirit of assassination over the nation. And that every time there was an assassination of a national leader, uh, the children were uh, assembled and a big television set was rolled into the classroom and that the children would would watch this. OK. And so, you know, they would watch, um, you know, Kennedy, uh, this the uh, aftermath of his assassination and then the funeral, you know, 1963. 1968, uh, Dr. King, okay, uh, five years later, four and a half, four actually from November to April, four and a half years later, you know, Medgar Evers, um, you know, Robert Kennedy. Um, now in 69, uh, Dr. King's brother, uh, the Reverend A.D. King. I mean, so, I mean, the King family, they, there, there were many, many attacks on that family. Uh, they are the grandmother. Okay, uh, Mrs. Alberta King shot as she played the Lord's Prayer on the piano in church on a Sunday morning. Shot dead. Okay, uh, by a person that claimed that he uh, he hated God. Okay, and so uh, the uh, the father, uh, what uh, uh, Dr. Alveda King, uh, she called him Daddy King. That what that was her grandfather. His church was bombed uh, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And so that that family went through a lot. And one of the things that uh, the, the speaker this morning brought it home to me when he was sharing his personal testimony of every time an event like that happened. You know, these are people older than myself and that they, as little children, had to have the television wheeled into the classroom, and you imagine the type of fear that puts in the people and the type of fear that, you know, maybe preachers, you know, and, and sometimes I'm, I can be a little hard on preachers, you know, that they'll say, you know, perhaps thought that, you know, I could be next. And so 
that is just something to think about uh, the thought process of people that actually live through things that maybe you and I read about in history books. And so anyway, we're going to take another quick break here and we'll be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. to the program, America, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, Man's World Radio, our final 15 minutes of today's program. And in keeping with the Man's World theme there, uh, we're sharing with you some things about the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. here on the 51st anniversary of his assassination at the young age of 39. Uh, now, uh, next week, April 9th, uh, will be uh, the... Um, Marking the death of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was also 39 years old. Okay, and uh, and I've got some quotes here I want to share with you from Dr. King, from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and uh, from uh, Denton, the the, uh, senator. But first, we're going to say hi to our very good friend, Big Mike. Big Mike, what's on your mind, brother? Great. So I remember when he gave the speech, I was 23 years old. It was in 1963, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, an eloquent, an eloquent speaker. Yes. I wonder what he would say about the way things are today. Oh, Lord. You know what? He should be crying. He should he, be crying. That's yes. what he should be doing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And see, from the men of his era, they were true civil rights leaders. Now, the civil rights leaders today... Uh, Big Mike, uh, they're poverty pimps. They're not civil rights leaders. You know, they, yeah. yeah, make money. Uh, yeah, Dr. King up. did not uh, uh, aspire to be a millionaire. He aspired right. to free people, black and white. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like I said, eloquent. The thing is, I remember Jer- it was Jeremiah or Jeremy Denton. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Denton. Yeah, okay. Now, he only, he was from Alabama, wasn't he a senator yes, from Yes, a senator Alabama? from Alabama. And, you know, we would have done a whole lot better to keep him and let uh, Jeff Sessions do whatever it was he was doing before he became senator. Well, why did uh, Jeremiah Denton was only in there one term? I, but I don't remember why. Do you remember what happened I, there? Well, that was in 1987, and uh, it just uh, it kind of popped up on my radar today, so I haven't really honestly had the time to do the research. I was just researching it really literally uh, at showtime. So I just shared what I had and the, you know, but my suspicion, and I think I remember hearing about this years ago, maybe last year or year before last, or sometime uh, maybe when all this stuff about sessions came up, 
it, I, I remember hearing about uh, Denton, and he was a POW, uh, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, no one ever accused him of any of the things they accused McCain of. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and I just couldn't help myself. I know we're supposed to forgive and let the dead rest in peace, but it just, it, you know, it boils my blood that, you know, a person could say that I don't want uh, X, Y, Z to come to my funeral, whether it's the president. And you can like the president or not like the president. But, you know, why why would he say that? And Sarah Palin, his running mate, what did she ever do other than give him more energy that he would have had without her? What, what that, I thought it was rotten to his campaign people, the way they talked about They treated Taylor. her like dirt. Outrageous, outrageous. She was the best thing to happen to that that man. Yeah, and he should yeah. have shut him up pretty damn quick, but he didn't. didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, well, now, this, let, let, look at the difference between some of the things McCain said. Now, this is Denton, who he just died last week, age 89. We are honored to have had the opportunity to serve our country under difficult circumstances. We're profoundly grateful to our commander-in-chief and to our nation for this day. God bless America. Now, he didn't come back and say, oh, well, the, the Democrats pulled the funding from Nixon. Well, that's what happened. But he didn't say that. He's just uh-huh. saying, God bless America. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. our corn bears the inscription, in God we trust. And our Bible reassures us the Lord is just and merciful. With the Lord, Vince, our protector, whom or what shall we fear? You know, this is a man speaking to these Republicans from the grave. Yeah, well, unfortunately, so many of these Republicans are not in tune. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately. But, like I said before, God will not be mocked. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot. Of, and I encourage you all out there, uh, just pull this up, uh, quotes of uh, Jeremiah Denton. There's a lot of them here. And right. uh, another one I'm going to give you real quick, Big Mike. I prayed. God became more than faith. He became knowledge. And I appealed to him. Then I became ashamed. Why hadn't I embraced him so thoroughly before? Yeah, well, we can all say that. Yes, we can all yes, say that. yes. And one other thing. Thought provoking. Repeat this with Sessions. Did anybody listen? All of this crap that is going on now is because of... Yeah. She was a coward. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think it was a plant now. Yeah. Anyway. All right, brother. Day, pal. Thank, Thank you, you now. All right. And, uh, yeah, now let me pull back up a few more of the, uh, the Dr. King, uh, quotes. Uh, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And you see, folks, that's where we live today in a time of challenge and controversy. And we have all these preachers out here that want their church to be a safe space and all their parishioners to be snowflakes. If you give them a little heat, they'll melt. That's not, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? What type of Christian have you built up in your church? They can't take a little heat. My goodness. You know, another quote from Dr. King, when a man died, no, not when, a man dies when he refuses to stand up for that which is right. A man dies when he refuses to stand up for justice. A man dies when he refuses to take a stand for that which is true. You know, I mean, another one. Um, in the end, we will not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So true. 
so true. And um, now, right before we go to break, I'm going to give you just one quote because we're going to do a little bit more on Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, next week. But just one on Dietrich Bonhoeffer when he was in prison and some of his fellow pastors came to see him and they said to him, my God, I can't believe you're here in jail. What is going on? And he replied to them, my God, I can't believe you're not in here with me. What's going on with you? You know, something to think about, folks. We're going to take our final break of the day and we will be right back. A man. And his microphone, Brother Craig. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood, Hatchet Man, Brother Craig. Coming back at you live as we wrap up another fantastic edition of The Really Real Deal. And uh, it's always great, uh, always an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure uh, to come before you to uh, share with you the things that the Lord has put on my heart to share. It really has been a great week. And uh, here we are, uh, the end of my week, uh, my broadcast week, rather. And, um, you know, hopefully I'll see some of you out at the convention center Saturday. I would like to remind you, uh, tickets are free. Uh, you can go to dayofmourning.org, dayofmourning.org, uh, M-O-U-R, like to mourn, day of mourning, uh, 1 o'clock at the convention center and, uh, you know, we had 7,000 plus, uh, they say 7,600 folks, uh, yesterday, uh, out again on the governor's front porch. You know, uh, we had about 2,000 a month ago again on the governor's front porch. Okay. And, uh, so how many are going to show up, uh, Saturday? And so, you know, I say to all these folks that are telling the governor he needs to resign. Oh, no, don't let that joker go anywhere. We need him right where he is, because, you know, had he not said the evil and wicked things that the man said out of his mouth. See, the word of God says uh, out of the, the out of the mouth, the contents of the heart speaks or out of the contents of the heart, the mouth speaks. Rather, I got it. I got the quote backwards. But you understand the sentiment there. But um, and so, you know, why would we want someone who has evil in their heart to not speak that evil? Because then we would not be aware of it. But by him speaking it, we are aware of it. And the sleeping giant may just be starting to wake up. And so I just say, um, hey, uh, bless you all for all of your participation. And I pray that you continue to stay engaged. And uh, with that, I just leave you with this prayer that the Lord would bless you and keep you, that the Lord would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, and that the Lord would lift his countenance up upon you and give you peace, each and every one of you. And I'm going to see you here live uh, next Monday. Uh, don't forget that Saturday we still do our replay uh, 10 to noon and again 10 to midnight. And uh, God bless you all out there. 
I really, really do appreciate you, and I love you all out there. We're going to see you next week. Be blessed now. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that.